Thank you for your presence today. During his earthly ministry, Jesus said, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. That truth is as relevant today as it was then. If we had the mind of Christ, everything we think, say, or do would be fueled by the Spirit of God. Instead, Christians and non-Christians alike are often focused on worldly pleasures. The evidence is clear. Our emphasis is devastatingly derailed. Thus, everything God made perfect for us is broken. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander gets us back on track. Bless us with this message. Speak now as we listen to you. What a privilege to use me as an instrument in the hand of God to dispense the word of God to the people of God, to the glory of God. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Have your Bibles. We want you to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. And there you will find these words. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and disease among the people. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his vineyard, into his harvest. And from this passage of scripture, we want to preach the message title comes in a form of a question. And that is, where are the laborers? Where are the laborers? As we look around and see the spiritual condition of America and the rest of the world, we see a world uh, that contains many people who are bewildered. We see people who are distressed. You don't have to look very far to find people who are confused, lonely, There are people even under my voice, by radio and television and and wherever this message may go, they're in all kinds of crises. Some crises are broken marriages, separation, divorce. There are people who are depressed, people who are suicidal, homeless. There are those who are in nursing homes, prisons, There are so many struggling with addictions. And the sad commentary is, my friend, that so many people under my voice are addicted and don't even know they are struggling with addictions. They've been had. Many are struggling with addiction of pornography. It is rampant. Our children have been seduced with it. Adults, women, men, husbands, boys, girls, it, no, the high places, low places, it's infiltrated and embedded itself in, the, in every fiber of society. 
People are so addicted to the television that they can't cut it off at night. It, it puts them literally to sleep, and without the television, they cannot sleep. Ad- addiction. Some people are addicted to cussing. They cuss at will. They cuss so much until they, don't, they no longer know how to speak English. They just cuss and cuss and cuss with ease. I- I'm leery of a cussing Christian. You need to ask God to wash your mouth with spiritual soap, the word of the living God. So many people are addicted to rock music, rap music, the Internet, uh, tweeting, texting, Facebook, the the cell phone. The cell phone has become your God uh, uh, moment by moment, day by day, minute by minute. In and out. You you are all of that to all these people. Why have you become so important? Why can't you put the phone down and talk to God? Why do you need it at the dinner table? Why do you need it wherever you go? Every moment you are consumed and consumed and consumed. And when you're without your, your cell phone for five minutes, you have withdrawal symptoms. Addictions and on top drugs and alcohol and sexual immorality and uh, talk, addicted to talking too much and gossip and slander and on and on and on. You say, I didn't call yours and whatever else I didn't call. People are struggling with addictions while others are consumed with technology, vir- virtual fantasy, football fantasies, and, and gambling, and, and uh, the lottery, and all these things, and entertainment. There are many who live in pursuit of popularity, power, self-gratification, and the pleasures of this world. Satan knows his time is short and he is making an all-out assault against the Christian family. He's making all-out assault against the Lord's church and even uh, 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 the secular families he's assaulting. If there's ever time for God's children to rise up and be salt and light, dispensing the gospel to a dark and decadent world in which we live, it's right now. Our Lord is calling all of us to be workers in his vineyard, to meet the needs of people who desperately need the Lord. My friend, people need the Lord. The Lord desires to use our eyes to see the needs of people, the needs of lost humanity. The Lord desires to use our hands to embrace and love on the hurting, the grieving, to hug those who are in pain. He wants to use our feet to go wherever he sends us to serve and meet the needs of others. But the question is, beloved, will you rise up and work for him today? Are you a worker? Are you a sitter? Are you a religious talker? Are you a laborer in the vineyard of God? Now, I've broken the passage down. If you expect me to finish this uh, passage today, I can't because the older I get, the slower I preach. So you're going to hear a slight review the next time you see me proceed from there. So I'm going to just give you what the Lord will let me release to you because I know you can only handle so much truth lest you choke. So let me give you the passage breakdown, and I want you to annotate it, and we'll be doing this uh, uh, the next time I stand and preach. Passage breakdown. Uh, verse 35a is the mission of the Savior. 
Verse, verses 35b through 36 is the compassion of the Savior. Verse 37 is the observation of the Savior. And verse 38 is the invitation to pray for laborers by the Savior. Okay, let's say it, say it together. Verse 35a is what? The mission of the Savior. Verses 35b through 36 is what? The compassion of the Savior. Verse 37 is the observation of the Savior. And verse 38 is the invitation to pray for laborers by the Savior. Let's break it down and let's preach through uh, these subtopics and see what God has to say to his people today. Verse 35a. The mission of the Savior. Look at the text. I'm going to preach expositorily, going verse by verse. Look what it says. Then Jesus went about all cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues. Now, underline teaching in their synagogue. Put Underline teaching and then preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching He's in the Galilee, Galilee area. This is his Galilean ministry. Teaching, we were there just a few months ago. Teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And some I want to say there, Jesus not only taught in the synagogues, but he also preached the gospel of the kingdom as he traveled around to various cities and villages. Now, you see, teaching and preaching. There is a difference between teaching and preaching. All right? Teaching explains and expounds the scripture. Teaching explains and expounds the scripture. It has to do with content and substance. That's teaching. It it explains and expounds the scripture. It has to do with content and substance. Teaching also, listen, teaching also is giving instructions of biblical truth for the purpose of application and spiritual maturity. I say it again. Teaching is also giving instructions of biblical truth for the purpose of personal application to apply to yourself and spiritual maturity. Whereas preaching, now we just said what what teaching is, preaching contains instruction. There is instruction inherent and embedded in preaching, but it primarily is proclamation of what the listeners must hear and to which they must respond, okay? Preaching contains instruction, but it is primarily proclamation. Say proclamation. Uh, Preaching is proclamation of what the listeners must hear and to which they must respond. Let me go on about preaching. Let me tell you a little bit more about preaching. Preaching is to herald the proclamation of divine truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Preaching is to herald the proclamation of divine truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ who has come to save us from our sins. Okay? The Universal Church is commanded to seek the unsaved. No person, no place, no situation, no betrayal. 
No threat of physical harm was off limits to Jesus as he journeyed from place to place during his ministry to seek and save the lost. God expects no less from us. The Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, we are to acknowledge him and he shall direct our paths. Our omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God will equip us with everything we need to obediently carry out his will. I said it again. Preaching is to herald the proclamation of divine truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who has come to save us from our sins. Jesus never wavered in his mission from his heavenly father. He never wavered. He knew the purpose for which he was sent. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus never wasted time because he knew that his time on earth was short. He never wasted time. I wonder how much much time are you wasting or are you making the most of your God-given time? Do you realize the time God gives you is a gift from God? And do you not know you don't have eternal time here on earth? And do you realize your time is getting shorter and shorter and shorter? Do you realize this season in your life you, had, you have less time than you did 20 years ago? Do you not know that? And in light of the brevity of life, You ought to be busy working for the master. Sadly, many churches today have great worship celebration. They have huge celebratory times of worship, and that's great. They have great ministries in the church. That's great. But very little outreach ministry outside the church in the communities. Very little outreach evangelistic uh, ministry to nations and to the world. Beloved, is your ministry, listen to, the, listen to this, is your ministry only restricted to your family circle of friends and with the confinement and within the confinement of the house of God? Some folk, is, their ministry is us for shut the door and no more. Okay, is your ministry confined to just your little family, your little circle of friends and those who are in the house of God in the walls of the sanctuary? If so, you need to do some serious soul searching and ask the Lord to burden your heart for people outside the walls of the sanctuary. People need the Lord and God has commissioned us to take the gospel of Christ to lost sinners. You say, why why so much sin in the world? They lost. Why are you surprised they lost? Lost people do what lost people do. Okay? But where are the laborers? When the scripture says in verse 35, look at verse 35a, that first clause there. Then Jesus went about all, look at all, all the cities and all the villages, all the cities and villages. Now, I want to say something. The ministry of our Lord was not restricted to the walls of the synagogue. Now, a synagogue is a gathering place of Jewish for Jewish worship. It is a gathering place for teaching. The synagogue was used for prayer. The synagogue, a place of worship, teaching, and prayer. 
Jesus went to where the people were to preach and teach the gospel. And I want to say something. It says there in 35a, then Jesus went about all. Jesus, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages. I want to say something there. We must not expect the unsaved to just get up and come to church. Okay, now if you go, don't hold your breath, you're going to die. We expect, you know, if you're going to catch fish, you, you don't stay in here fish, you got to go to the water to where the fish are. Who's going to drop a line on the floor here in this building and say, well, I'm going fishing today. We think you've gone cuckoo. You have to go where the fish are. We must not expect the unsaved to just come here, come in on their own and just plop down and say, save me. This is not typical of unbelievers. Like Jesus, we must go where they are to share the gospel with them, to invite them to come to the Lord's house, to worship with the assembly of believers. When have you invited somebody? When was the last time you invited somebody to the Lord's house to worship with you? Are you living in such a way that you can't even invite someone? Now, some of you, if you're living like the devil, please don't invite anybody because your testimony speaks against you. You can't live like them, act like them, be the biggest fool on the job and in the neighborhood, all crazy and beside yourself, and then say, now, I want you to come worship with me on bring a, bring a co-worker's day. They say, you've got to be kidding me. Another, another point on Jesus going to all the, the villages and surrounding cities, when it comes to evangelizing the lost, there was no place that was off limits where Jesus would not travel. He went to all the villages, all the towns, all the cities. There was no place uh, that was off limits where Jesus would not travel. We must follow the example of our Savior. We must share the gospel with all people. Say all people. All people. Uh, I mean, regardless of, uh, regardless of their origin, where they're from, whether they're from the Middle East, Africa, China, uh, now, some of you, many of you can't go to these Islamic countries and go to Saudi Arabia or, or go to Singapore and all these places. But now you don't have to go because they're all trying to get here. As a matter of fact, they're breaking the law to get in here. That's what this immigration thing is all about. Everybody fighting open borders and all this kind. Everybody want to be in America. I understand why. You think America's that bad, you go somewhere else. And you'll see why they want to get here. Amen? Uh, but, but you don't have to go. You don't have to go to Russia. You, you don't have to go to all these places. Uh, now we ought to go. But now, you know what God has done? God has brought those folk from those places to next door to your house. That's right. They're in your, they're in your grocery store. They're in your neighborhood. They're on your job. All those folk from way over there are now right across the street. And some of y'all can't witness to them because you're scared of them. <laughs> because of their origin. Y'all hanging with me? Because of their ethnicity. You ought to, it's a sad day when a black person can't witness to a white person or a white person won't witness to a black person. We all sinners. No such thing as a one race sinner. We were born sinners. All races, whatever you think you are, if you don't know what your descendants are, you you still that kind of a sinner. That's right. Uh, background, 
You're a sinner. Reach them. Whatever your status is, they need Jesus. If you're poor, not poor, if you're poor, you need Jesus. If you're middle class, you need Jesus. If, uh, if you're wealthy, you need Jesus. Acts 1 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. In this passage, I'm still on that same verse. We must not be afraid to go where the Lord sends us. That's why some of you don't, you're scared of, uh, uh, of asking God, uh, what do you want me to do? Some of you, don't, you won't pray, Lord, what you want me to do? Because you're scared he's going to ask you to do something you don't want to do. We must not be afraid to go where the Lord sends us. My wife and I and my family is here today because the Lord dispatched us from Houston to San Antonio. We moved here back in 1984. I say, what is this little city all about? I was used to the big city, uh, the fourth largest city in America, Houston, Texas. I thought I was going to heaven from Houston and I went to elementary school there. I went to uh, middle school there, high school there, college there. I was there. There, I had friends. I I was all over the place. Houston, Houston, baby. (laughs) Bought a house in Houston. We had wonderful jobs in Houston. My wife worked for a law firm in Houston. I was a school teacher in Houston. Then we bought a beautiful home off of Lake Houston, and we were set. And God says, "Now get up and go." We had a house we didn't stay in six months. It sold before we even put the real estate marker in the yard. And he packed us up and he shipped us from Houston to San Antonio. I didn't know a thing about this city other than the Alamo was here. (laughs) Yeah, we must not be afraid to go where the Lord sends us. Serving the Lord is an adventure. Say adventure. adventure. You want an adventure in your life? You want to, hey, some of y'all lives are so boring. Ooh, you're so dull and humdrum. I dare you to start adventuring for God. I, I dare you to say, God, do whatever you want with me. I'm not going to put any stri- restrictions on what you want me to do. Here I am, God. I'm I'm yours to go wherever you want me to go, to say whatever you want me to say, to do whatever you want me to do. And all of a sudden, your life will be full of adventure. He may send you to do his will in a small town of Nacogdoches, Texas. A large city. He may send you to a small church. He may send you to a large mega church. He may send you to a traditional church. The Lord may send you to a non-traditional church. The Lord may send you to a denominational church. The Lord may send you to a non-denominational church like this one, Maranatha Bible Church. He may also send us to where it is extremely hot. Go to Phoenix. Or he may send you where it's extremely cold. Go to Wyoming, Alaska, 
Canada. He may even send you to a foreign country. Leave your family, leave your house, leave your mama and daddy, leave it all and follow me. I love that great passage in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8 which says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? That's the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Who's going? I wonder who's going in here today. Then I said, here am I. Send me. Are you able to stand up for this message and walk to this altar? Even trembling, nervous, not knowing what you got to give up. Because everything is temporal and passing away anyhow. And say, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do with me. And I'm a little scared of what I'm doing. I I might be biting a little more than I can chew. But here I am. The Bible tells us to fear not for God is with us. Be not dismayed for he is our God. He will strengthen us. He will help us. He will uphold us with the right hand of his righteousness. We must not be afraid, nor ashamed, nor slothful. We must be bold. We must be willing. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. God is able and he won't fail. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas or call us at 210 821-5683.